Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. We're wrapping up our filtered series. And so um, I hope that you've enjoyed this series as much as our team has enjoyed this series. We've had a ton of fun. Now, if you remember, we, we put on some goofy glasses and, and looked at a hidden image on the screen. We, we released balloons and let go of our fear and anxiety. And, and, and we, we had, uh, we had uh, the images of the stuff that, that we wanted to let go of that other people have said about us and, and let go. And we watched a great living example of, of of Jesus reaching in and pulling out the real us instead of the one that people try to make us into. We've had a lot of fun stuff. We've, we've seen the different, the different props and the different things that represent the things that can become filters in our lives. And so today, what we're wanting to do is just, is just put a bow on it. Just, just bring this, the last nine weeks and, and today and to, <clears throat> to put a bow on it and to, to wrap this series up, and we've looked at this concept now 10 different weeks in a row. Hopefully, this concept is ringing true at this point because our perception of life is determined by whatever filter we're looking through. It just is. It just is. That's just the way it works. How we perceive life, it just, whatever filter gets thrown up there, Whatever filters between us and life, that's how we're going to take it in. There's no way to, to avoid that. So what we begin to do is recognize that since there is a filter, we want to make sure we grab the Jesus filter. Because so many times we think we push the Jesus filter out of the way and we see life as it really is. This whole Jesus thing makes us see life way too rose-colored, way, way too sweet and, and whatnot. And the truth is, is... The, the Jesus filter is reality. Jesus comes in and shows us way it, it's the things life is designed to function. And if we don't put the Jesus filter on first, we're never going to be able to deal with the rest of it. And we've come back to Romans 12, 2 over and over and over again. <clears throat> it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our prayer and our hope is that in this process, your mind has been renewed a little bit. That maybe that as the word of God has been presented and the Holy Spirit has been ministering to your heart, that maybe you're looking at some situations a little differently. That maybe you see some things that have been frustrating to you or things that have, have, have tripped you up or, or kept things um, messed up in your life. That you're seeing things from a, a new way. Because God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then we're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Every Christ follower wants to do the will of God. We're trying to follow Jesus. We're trying to follow Jesus. We want to do his will. We want to go after him and pursue him and, and, and live the kind of life that he has empowered us and directed us to live. And it's super hard if our minds aren't renewed to be able to do that. It feels like we're, we're not quite seeing the picture here. And that's exactly true. And until our minds are renewed, where it is very, very, very difficult for us to step in 
and to be able to make life-giving decisions. And so we embrace the truth that the Holy Spirit is going to work in our lives to help us to think the way God thinks, to be able to interact the way God would want us to interact, to be able to see him the right way and, to, and see one another the right way. And today we come to Mark chapter 12, verse 29 and 31. Jesus was asked about what's the most important commandment. Well, you know, we had our work day yesterday, and I had a list of things that had to get done. We had the most important stuff. So if, if, if two people showed up to the work day, we're like, okay, well, the two of us are going to go over here, and we're going to tear this thing down. Why? Because on Monday, there's going to be the crew's going to show up, and they expect this to be gone so they can stand a wall up. We don't want to hold down the guys putting walls up. And so that was the most important job there. There were other jobs that wanted to do. There were other jobs that we took care of. There were other things that needed to take place. But you immediately go, you know what? We've got a limited amount of time. We've got a limited amount of resources. What's the most important thing? Well, these guys, you know, there's all of these different things in life. And, and they're like, Jesus, you know? We want to do the most important thing. No, we don't want to get wrapped up in following something that's not quite as vital. What's the most important thing? So Jesus didn't throw out the answer and go, well, it's all important. He recognized there is, there is a place. You get things in the right order. You get things lined out. And some other stuff kind of begins to fall in place the way it's supposed to. And he says the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's only one God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I want you to notice that right off the beginning, we're told to love God, and then we're told to how to love God. We're to love him. That's the most important thing. Isn't it crazy in all the stuff we're supposed to do? We know we're not supposed to murder. You think, okay, let's at least keep everybody alive. You know, we'd say the, the number one most important thing is don't kill each other while we're in process here. Okay? Let's at least not die and we'll move forward and we'll kind of take care of the rest of it. You know? We think that one out of the Ten Commandments, maybe that's a big one. So we don't kill each other while we're, while we're getting there. And so, but no, Jesus, Jesus says the most important one is this, is to love God. Because we know that as we begin to, to love so many things, that brings boundaries all by itself. There are things that I will do and things that I won't do, not because it's a checklist, but simply because of it impacts someone I love. It's <clears throat> the biggest thing is if I can keep if I keep my love life right with my wife and keep her in the right place, so many other things just fall naturally in order. I don't have to worry about some other stuff if I just love her correctly. So, so God has asked us, not from a selfish place. God isn't sitting there up in his celestial throne and saying, you know what, the most important thing in the universe is you better love me. I made you, you better love me. I've got your, your fate in my hands. You better love me. 
That is not God's response. He's not sitting there and and being the you know the the little the man in second grade. Second grade is just tough on boys sometimes. Girls, they, they hit that growth spurt and they're bigger and and and, and taller. Sorry, taller. <laughs> And, uh, man, you sit there, and every once in a while, there's a few little second-grade boys have, have had the old, uh, you know, get pushed up against the wall, been told by another little second-grade girl, you better love me. You're going to be my boyfriend. Yes, ma'am. That's not what God is doing here. He tells us the most important thing is to love him because he knows all of the stuff that pertains to life and godliness and if we will come to him from a place of love then the wisdom and the care and the provision and all that he has we will freely receive it if we come from a place of love if we come from a place of trying to appease him trying to make him happy trying to earn his respect trying to do any of these different things then we're coming at this from all the wrong angle and if we'll simply love then that's where it begins. Notice the first thing it says is love him with all your heart. A heart is vital. It is so important. See, God is renewing your mind because he wants your heart. It's one of my favorite stories to share. And, and um, I had an awesome moment years ago in our kitchen. And uh, Keenan was uh, about five and a half years old, pushing six. Um, Weston was still under two years old. And and sitting in his little high chair in the in the kitchen and knowing Weston he's making some sort of a mess and Keenan our oldest son um, is uh, uh, five and a half years old and we're just doing kitchen stuff we're just getting ready for our meal and and not paying attention but there's always that background thing of cutie's really better at it than me and so of, of noticing what's happening in the background and, and I happen to have my parent radar on at this moment. It's not always on. And, um, and so, and heard that Keenan tell Weston, little, little under two-year-old Weston, and say, um, Weston, I'm going to teach you how to be a man of God. Well, I'm all right. All right. I'm about to see what, what this boy thinks about this. You know? And I'm thinking, you know, daddy's a, daddy's a preacher, you know? And so I'm thinking he's going to tell Weston, you know, well, you, you, you preach. You want to be a man of God, you preach. Or you go in and you, you work at a church. That's what daddy does. Daddy's a man of God. He preaches and he works at a church. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking maybe he's going to take a look at me and maybe say this is how it's done. And, and um, you know, so I'm just paying attention. I'm, don't mess up the flow. And I'm just listening and thinking, what in the world is this kid He's about to drop his five-year-old wisdom on his little brother on how to be a man of God. And man, I tell you what, I was blown away whenever he sits there, and I can never tell this story without crying. And he sits there, and all of a sudden, he just throws his hands up in the air, and he starts singing, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all of the praise. And he just starts worshiping and he starts teaching his little brother how to just worship God. 
and said, you want to be a man of God? It isn't about working at a church. It isn't about preaching. It isn't about any of that stuff. It's about what's coming out of your heart. It's about what's coming out of your heart. And I tell you what, my, my little two-year-old, I don't think he was quite on page with, to get that lesson. But what the Holy Spirit was dropping that day, the older man in the house got the lesson. And I remembered that for the rest of my life. And I'm telling you, that is what this is about. Folks, we have to be mindful about what is impacting and touching our hearts. That's why God wants to love, love him with all our hearts, first and foremost. Because all of the rest of it comes, our mind, our strength, all of that stuff come if our heart is connected there. And we guard our hearts by filtering the influences that we allow into it. That's why we've been talking about all these filters. It's so important. It's so important for you to filter who you allow to speak into your life and the words you listen to. The reason we had that entire Sunday spoken on that because you're going to have a really hard time going to a God who in the back of your mind you think made you as some sort of piece of junk. Or put you through a whole bunch of mess. And you're going to have a hard time giving your heart to some God if you've let other people put all these labels on you. Man, that Sunday we weren't able to get them all up here. We had, what, 55, 56 different people respond. Multiple of them, the same words and the same responses. And so many of them, folks, it was, as your pastor, it was just heartbreaking to see that list that came through of the stuff that people have said about you and put on you and to try to attach itself to you. And I'm so proud of you for saying that is not me. That is not who God says I am. And I'm getting rid of that. Why? Because it will affect your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now, he says guard, not harden. Guarding is being purposeful. Guarding is being purposeful. They set guards at different places. Why? Because there are certain things that don't need to come in, and there are certain things that do. There are certain things that aren't, shouldn't be coming in, and there are other things that have the clearance and should come on in. Something that gets hardened, it doesn't let anything in. And so many times, if you shift into a place where there's the hurts and the pain of life come in, and you don't let God bring healing there, your heart will naturally begin to harden. And a hard-hearted individual can't love God, can't love anybody. This guarding our heart isn't about getting hard against the junk of life. This is about being mindful about the junk of life. And saying, no, you've got no business here. I'm not going to own you. I'm not going to let you in. I don't care if you've come knocked on my door. No. I understand. I've got the Jesus filter. God loves me so much that he sent Jesus to die for me. That I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I'm not going to own anything that doesn't line up with that. I've got the Jesus filter on. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not let those other things come in. Why? Because our how our, our, our footing in life, those foundations are so vital. 
stepping into the Christmas season and always makes me uh, remember a, a certain Christmas party years and years ago. And uh, Reuben and Vanessa were there at this Christmas, Christmas party. And um, if anybody doesn't know my wife, um, she can be a little bit competitive, okay? Cutie can be a little bit competitive. Does anybody know um, that, um, that Monopoly is like a, a dangerous sport? Yeah, um, my leg got bitten in a game of Monopoly. That's right, cutie, cutie bit my leg because I, because I did a deal that she did not appreciate very much. She's, she's just a little bit competitive, and so. Anyways, we're at this Christmas party, do the say, the normal little Christmas party thing. Everybody brings a gift. You have some sort of crazy exchange thing. Everybody opens them. And then you have this thing where you kind of get the gift you want if everything falls just right. So we're doing the thing with a little quarter in a cup. If it falls on heads or tails, whatever it was it is, then you get to go switch and grab anybody's gift. And so, well, of course, we have seven kids. So most Christmases, Cutie's pregnant. So this is one of those, <laughs> this is one of those pregnant Christmases. And so most of our babies, most of our babies are born in the springtime. So Christmas, she, her, her, her gravitational center is a little forward. And uh, this particular one was Carson. And, uh, and so, uh, and he was born in February. So uh, at, uh, at Christmas time, she, her, her center of gravity was, was off. And uh, so she's playing the game. The coin comes up right. She wants whatever it is she wanted. There was a thing rolling around the room. And man, she jumps up and goes after it. And I just see my wife just kind of do this tilt thing. And I was like, this is bad. And her poor little feet were never under her. And she is going across that room and she is trying. She's trying to get them out there, but her feet won't get out there. And she goes and she's just falling. And praise God, Reuben and Vanessa were sitting side by side. And Vanessa kind of like, whoom, kind of brought her and caught her. And thankfully, Cutie fell into Vanessa's lap and not into Reuben's lap. <laughs> so it's not that kind of Christmas party. And, it's, and, uh, and so. And, and she just never had her feet under. She just, the, the beginning, the start, it just never was there. Just that foundation was never there. And no matter how she tried, what moves she made, how, how, whatever she tried to do, it was, it was not going to happen. The fall was going to take place because the foundation, the first step was done off. Our relationship with God is a heart thing. It is not a rule punch thing. It is not anything else thing. It is a heart thing. And if you don't understand that this is about love, that this is about loving God and loving others, and you turn it into anything else, your footing is off, and you are destined for a spiritual crash. It will happen. Some of us can stumble along a little further than others. Some of us drop on our face right at the beginning. But I'm telling you, if you don't get down, that what God is after is he wants your heart. He's not here to make you his, his spiritual slave to 
press forward the gospel. He's not here to sit there and to, to ruin your life by taking out all your fun. He's not doing that. He loves you, and he wants to bless your life, and that is what this is 100% about. Hebrews 10, 15 says, The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Instead of having something on the outside that we go and say, okay, what do I need to do? Oh, wow, that's kind of hard. Um, I'm going to do my best, Lord. And then go out and try to please God. All of a sudden, he begins to rewrite our programming. He writes it on our hearts. And all of a sudden, our desires, all of us begin to line up with who he is. And instead of taking something that's broken and trying to do something right with it he makes us right on the inside so that we live right it changes everything mark 6 it says he replied isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites as is written these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me they're saying the right stuff they're saying the right stuff they look like they've got all their little religious boxes checked all's good but their hearts, hey, God, you can't have that. I'll give you all my little religious stuff, but you can't really have this. And the whole time, all he wanted is our hearts. He says, they worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. No wonder. No wonder they don't bring about divine life change. No wonder they don't bring about the stuff that our hearts cry out for, that God, that the Spirit of God promises us we can, we can live and have in Christ. If it's not about, if he doesn't have our hearts. Mark 7 says again, Jesus called to the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. Again, he wants our hearts. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, the disciples asked him about this parable. And Jesus says, are you so dull? Isn't that sweet? <laughs> Jesus tells his disciples, y'all are kind of dumb. <laughs> Am I really, I really have to explain this to you? It's not what goes inside, but it's what comes out. That's the problem. I have to explain this one. All right, here we go. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. And if you're not familiar with a lot of the Jewish rules and whatnot, things had gone out of control with a lot of the rules and what they were allowed to eat and what they weren't allowed to eat. And it was just, things were really, really, really wonky. And so they got way far from what God had initially planned. And they were real wrapped up in all of that. And Jesus was like, that's not what this is about. So as we begin to wrap this up, I want us to, to look at some things about letting God have our hearts. If he's wanted our hearts, if the, this whole thing is about the, the, <clears throat> these filters recognizing what comes into our hearts makes a difference.
And some of these things, they're just pretty basic. First off, let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Notice I said let. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. That means you, you're open for instruction. You're open to hear that your idea maybe isn't the best idea. That maybe some life change needs to happen. That maybe the way you're convinced that things should go, maybe that's not the way they should go. Holy Spirit may say, absolutely, you're good. Carry on, move forward. And the Holy Spirit may say, no, you've kind of gone off the rails here. Matthew 13 says, <clears throat> in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become calloused or hardened. And they hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. The life change, the, the stuff that they need for life is right there. But they're like, uh-uh, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to. He says, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. It's whether or not we've purposed to allow it. Whether we want God to speak into our lives. Do we go to our times of prayer and say, God, I want you to give me this list of stuff I want. I want my spouse to behave this way. I want my boss to behave this way. I want my nation to do this and to do that. I want all these different things. Or do we go to God and say, God, Lord, what would you have for me? What would you like for me to do? If I'm off somewhere, Lord, reveal it to me. If I'm, may, if I'm, if I'm thinking wrong, Lord, reveal it to me. Lord, speak to me. We must choose to listen. And if we are, that's when we step into the blessings of being a Christ follower. We also need to let the Holy Spirit talk to us about our words. A few weeks ago, we talked about the words that other people have dumped in your lap. But now let's be conscious about the words that are coming out of our own mouths. Matthew chapter 12 says, you brood of vipers, how, <clears throat> how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is why we say, well, I was, I was, I was just mad. You can't take what I said seriously. I was just mad. Well, it came from somewhere. That's why it still hurts. That's why it still hurts, because it came from somewhere. We have to be aware of it we understand that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of so we can use that not to condemn us but to, to be engaged and say lord what kind of stuff's coming out of my mouth when i interact when i get frustrated when the different stuff what if, what is coming out of my mouth that is revealing to me what is actually in my heart lord i want you to have my heart i want you to have that a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings out evil stored up in him. But I tell you that every one of you will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty or idle word that has been spoken. And then the last one we want to do is make sure and let the Holy Spirit talk to you about your treasure. We want to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells us. 
We want to be mindful about the dynamics of what's happening with our, with our words. It reveals what's going on in our heart. And then it's going to reveal our desires, what we treasure, what we hold dear. Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. They're just connected. Whatever you value the most, whatever you value the most, that is where your heart will be. So we need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us about what we value the most. Whether or not we can put that in his hands. Some people, it's earthly stuff. Some people, it's our time, it's our calendar. Some, it's what people think about us. Some, it's a person we've put on too high of a pedestal and become a, an idol or a god in our lives. We need to be mindful about those things. Verse 24 says, you cannot serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He wants our hearts. That is what he desires for, for this. God wants our hearts. The Holy Spirit is pursuing you and wooing you deeper and deeper into a relationship with him. Every day in every way, pursuing you because he loves you and he wants you not to just check off some boxes, not to just go through some motions, but because he desires a relationship with you. That's why he's so gracious. That's why he's so patient. Why? Because he wants you. He wants your heart. See, our bottom line today is the Holy Spirit will filter out influences. Filter out the things that influence our heart. If we'll let him. All of a sudden, we just let the Holy Spirit speak to us, and all of a sudden, it begins to shift. In my life, I've had the Holy Spirit bring me direction on so many different things. And things that had to do with my life. Seasons where there was certain music, the Holy Spirit was like, nope. Your heart's not in a good place. Don't be even doing that. One evil, one yelling devil, devil, devil always comes home. But it was a thing that it wasn't pouring Jesus, Jesus, Jesus into me. There's a place where I had to be super mindful of certain things. I can be a really sarcastic individual. And I had to be very mindful not to be. That things I thought were funny were hurting people. Hurting people. It's just goofing off to me. God began to lead and guide into life and truth. See, we look when we look through the lens of Jesus. He allows us to see life clearly. God's got such good for you. 
such good. And this whole filter thing, we just put that Jesus filter on. We just start with week one of this, and honestly, it fixes all the other nine weeks. We just let Jesus be our filter for seeing God and for seeing one another, and honestly, everything else comes in line. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.